we're looking at this theme of multiplying. If you look here to the side of the room, you see the building blocks of Imago Church that we gather, we build up, we send out, and we multiply. And there are so many ways that we're invited to multiply our faith. And it's through our lives, through our words, through our actions. And specifically, last week we talked about how we can multiply our faith and pass on this good news even through our decision-making. And today, we will be taking time to look at how we can multiply and pass on this good news, how we can pass on our faith through the power of testimony. In the passage that we read earlier today that Sister Sandra read for us, we read a testimony of Paul. Paul is who we're actually focusing on through the rest of Acts. In the beginning of Acts, we looked at the early church, and then from 11 to 20, we looked at the early missionaries. And now from now, 21, all the way to the end, we're looking at the missionary journeys of Paul. And here he is sharing with us his testimony. Who here has a testimony? Many of us have a journey with God, and we're able to multiply and pass on our faith through our testimony. Our testimony is our story with God. So even if it seems big and dramatic or just simple and everyday living, that is part of your testimony. Paul, in this passage, gives us his testimony on the road to Damascus. Through the trials that Paul went through, we can see here that God formed a testimony. So even through some of the tests that you've gone through and the challenges and the trials, know that there is a testimony in the works. Paul here, we can see as he's accounting to his story with God, he's no longer interested in just the fancy titles, but now the ground in which he lives his life, his life is not based on titles, but it is based on his testimony, on his story with God. A testimony is announcing and proclaiming that because of Jesus, who I am today is not who I used to be. I can even think of myself, I've, I've shared my testimony with a few of you before. But one story that I've, I've shared in the past is just kind of a, a, a funny one, a goofy one, but it's absolutely true. I can think about me in high school and how in the yearbook, you know, there's the yearbook that has a little, a little subtitle below everyone's picture. There are some that it says most likely to succeed, most likely to go into business. Well, my subtitle would have probably said something like least likely to become a pastor. But yet, here I am. By the grace of God, who I am today is not who I used to be. And I'm sure that we can go around all of these seats and we can hear stories. We can hear stories of transformation, of how, because of the grace of God, who you are today is not who you used to be. And what we're reading about here, and even as we think of examples in our own lives, these are examples of testimonies and conversions. And perhaps the most famous conversion and testimony of all time, the one that perhaps had the most impact in the world today, was the testimony about the conversion of Paul. 
you know, Paul, who we read about here, is someone that we can easily take for granted. We can just think that, oh, this was just one of those other characters in the Bible. But Paul had a very specific task. Paul was actually called the minister to the Gentiles. And that sounds like a big ancient word, but Gentiles just means people of non-Jewish descent. So here at our church, we've had some people of, non, of, of Jewish descent, but the majority of us are of non-Jewish descent. So we are Gentiles. Paul was the minister to the Gentiles. So we know the word of God and we have access to the gospel because of the ministry of Paul. And we thank God for that. Because we remember that there was a testimony here in the works. Before there was the Paul, the apostle, before there was Apostle Paul, there was Saul of Tarsus. There was someone persecuting Christians. There was someone trying to do life in his own way. And we all know that the Bible is God's book about Jesus. So we know that when we read the scriptures that Jesus is the main character of the Bible. But there's a very strong case that can be made that if Jesus is, since Jesus is the main character of the Bible, then it can be said that Paul, the apostle, Paul that we just read about here, his testimony, that Paul is the best supporting character of the Bible. Paul actually wrote most of the New Testament. Just a little background on who Paul is. He was born approximately in the year 5 AD. So he was just, he was alive when Jesus was here on earth. He was actually just a few years younger than Jesus. He was in his late 20s when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose again. And then he was in his early 30s when he had this experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was going from Jerusalem to Damascus. By the way, these are two places that still exist today, Jerusalem and Damascus. He was on the way there to continue to persecute Christians. He was doing what was right in his own head, and then he had an encounter with a living God. This was a long journey. This was before cars, before trains, before planes. So this, this journey from Jerusalem to Damascus took about four to six days. And he was persecuting people of the way. Which, by the way, when you read the scriptures, you see that the original name for Christians, for people that followed Jesus, were not Christians. That didn't come till later, till Acts chapter 11. This is a, a recounting that we see of the testimony of Paul. But we see the first counting in Acts chapter 9. But it's in Acts 11 where they're first called Christians. But before that, they were just called people of the way. People that followed the way of Jesus. Jesus who calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. And here on the road to Damascus, Paul was called and converted. And this was his testimony. Paul was awakened to God's reality in Christ. He literally experienced the gospel here on the road to Damascus. He was trying to get to God with his best works, with his best ideas. He was trying to please God with his own works, with his own religiosity. But then what happened? Jesus came to him. Jesus came down to him and awakened and converted and transformed the rest of his life. 
Jesus gave him a calling. And each one of us here has a calling. That's part of what it means to follow Jesus, is that we are a called community. Or as Paul calls it also in the New Testament, we are a new humanity. We are a people restored in the image of Christ. And this is not just mere improvement or little edits here and there, but when we encounter Jesus, it's a journey of transformation. We're a community that goes and trusts God without knowing. We're a community that takes up our crosses and follows Him no matter what. Following Jesus is not just a little edit here or there or a little change, but following Jesus is actually stepping boldly into a call, into who we are called to be. And it's a call that invites us to respond, to go from being creatures of God to becoming children of God. That's the process, that's the journey of conversion. And each one of us has had a story with God, and that is part of our testimony. So conversion is being able to live wide awake, to be able to leave the distraction and open our eyes to God's reality here and now. So the good news is that everyone here in this room has a calling. And you can fulfill that calling anywhere and in any stage that you're in. The first calling that we all have, and we see this here in this passage, the first calling that we all have is the calling to be with God. So you can be with God in your workplace, with your family, in your school, if you're alone, if you're in the hospital, if you're in prison, if you're on whatever journey you're in, you can fulfill your life's calling. You can be with God. That is our first and primary calling. And even we see how Paul gets clarity on this when he asks Jesus, Who are you, Lord? When we ask Jesus this question, we can step into our first calling to be with God. But then, according to our gifts, to our personality, to our strengths, all of us have a second calling as well. And our second calling is how we take action and how we serve. And Paul's second calling, his service, was to be a minister to the Gentiles, to bring the good news of God to us that we're not in the fold before. But each one of us has a second calling as well, according to your gifts, according to your journey, according to your strengths, according to what God has called you, you have a second calling to serve God. And the way that Paul gets clarity to this question, he first asks, who are you, Lord? But then he asks Jesus a second question. He says, what would you have me do? So those are two questions that you can write down and you can ask Jesus the same questions. You can ask, who are you, Lord? And second, what would you have me do in this life? So that's how we get clarity on our first calling and our second calling. And we're able to respond and make this shift of being, from being creatures of God to becoming children of God. We're able to make that shift when we trust in Jesus, when we trust in the resurrected one, when we trust in the one that encountered Paul on the road to Damascus. 
The story of Jesus continues today, even through you and me. As we've been talking together as a community, God will do extraordinary things through ordinary people like us. And in fact, that's the main point of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is actually just a short phrase for what the actual full name is. It's actions of the apostles, right? The acts of the apostles. So the book of Acts calls us to action. And really the main point of the book of Acts is carrying on the mission of Jesus, that the story of Jesus continues today in and through us. We are his spiritual body here on the earth. We're a people who follow him and carry our crosses and point to him through our testimony. The church is God's family. That's you and me. We're a people that will keep coming back because we do just as Jesus did. He died and he rose again. We will keep coming back and multiplying in new places. Imago Church, friends, brothers, sisters, your story continues through resurrection and multiplication. And we can pass that on when we tell our story, our testimony, where God's story and our story meets. You're invited today to even take an active part in this story by responding to this call, by responding to a story that is so much bigger than just you or me. But it's a story of resurrection. It's a story of multiplication. It's a story that connects us to the people of God throughout history and throughout the world. We are all invited into this bigger story. God's story and our story, that's our testimony. In Ephesians, which is another book that Paul wrote, he actually refers to this new beginning as the new humanity. The new humanity are people like you and me who place our trust in Jesus and who find our identity in the image of God and purpose in Christ. That's what it means to be a child of God. Not just a creature of God, but a child of God. This calling to go from that point, of, from, from point A of being a creature of God to point B to being a child of God. This is the calling and the invitation of Jesus to us today. And as we've talked about before here at Imago, it's not only a freedom from, it's not only a freedom from those negative or self-destructive habits that we had before, but following Jesus is also freedom for. Freedom for you and me to discover who we were made to be. What our identity and our purpose is in Christ. Freedom to find your purpose in Him. Now we can hear this and this testimony about Paul and the road to Damascus, and we can just let it pass us by. We can choose to remain comfortable and let this whole conversation around calling and conversion just go on without us. We can ignore the fact that we were created for more, that each one of us in the bottom of our heart, we know that to be true. And we can just let that go on without us. We can choose to be comfortable in our religious customs or in our rule-breaking, doing whatever I want, when I want. And we can do maybe even this, the Sunday thing, right? The, the Sunday routine and, and the, the, the Christian routine on Sundays. 
And that can happen in some places, and maybe some churches can offer that, but not here. That's not what we are called to as a community. That's not the living gospel, the transformative work that Jesus wants to do in each one of us. When we want to take on that attitude of saying, you know what, I'll let that pass. I'll let all the transformation and the testimony and the power and the identity and purpose, I'll let that go on without me. And when we just say, you know, I just want to do my own thing. I want to keep my own customs. I want to just continue to do life my way or just do the religious thing on Sundays. When we have that attitude, that is a lot like going to a feast, to a party that we're invited to and not eating anything, but just looking at it. What would you think about someone who goes to a, a feast, a big, wonderful dinner party, and all of the food is laid before there, and that individual, all they want to do is just look at it, but not eat? What would you think? The person is crazy, right? <laughs> On a diet, maybe? I, I hear different responses here. Okay. It's unclear, right? But what God calls us to do is to feast. To not just look at the food, but to feast, to take and eat. And even the Word of God tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just look and see, or learn all the information about the food and see, but taste and see, live it out, let it be your strength, let it be what drives you in this life. So friends, we are a community that is called by God. And I want to assure everyone in this room of this fact, you are called no matter what your experience may be, no matter how unqualified you may feel, remember, God qualifies the called. And everyone in this room is called by God. And we see here in the Scriptures that there are actually different levels of conversion. The first conversion is a conversion into community. The second conversion is a conversion into a new reality. Paul here was experiencing a second conversion. He actually knew about God, but now it was time to go deeper. And he even thought he was doing the right thing based on his understanding. But then when he actually took and ate what God had to offer, it was a new experience. Conversion and the testimony that God is forming up in each one of us here is tasting that new reality. God invites us to taste and see. It's experiencing new birth. It's knowing that Jesus is where the life is at. It's being able to point others to that and just saying, feed on that. That's where the life is. Because it's one thing to have a lot of knowledge and information on the Bible or around church customs or church stuff. I love how here at Imago we have people who have been in church their whole lives. For others, this is your first church, and that's exactly how we're meant to be here today. Those taking their first steps in faith, those taking their next steps in mission, going deeper. But what God calls all of us to do is to do that. Wherever we are, take that next step. Take that next step in going deeper with God. 
Because our calling is the passion and continuous hunger for Jesus. The Bible says taste and see, and it tells us that Jesus is the bread of life. He is the only one we're truly seeking, the only one who will truly satisfy. We can taste that bread and share with others. That's why even this year we've taken time to have a list, each one of us here, a list of 10 people that we've been praying for, inviting, and influencing to be a part of God's family here at Imago Church. And we're going to continue that in 2020, but we're going to find ways that we can do that in relationship together, how we can have relational accountability and partnership with each other to make sure that we're taking the time to pray, to invite others that God has placed in our hearts. That's part of this journey. We can invite others through even that simple step of sharing our testimony, of declaring that who I am today is not who I used to be. Come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So as God's people, we're actually fueled up in order to fulfill a calling. Very much like a a car, a vehicle, is fueled with gas in order to get to its destination, we, as the people of God, we are fueled up to fulfill a calling. And our calling is this. It's to be disciples who make disciples. It's followers who invite other followers. We can share the story of where God's story and our story meets through the power of testimony. The people of God are a people that have experienced continued conversion. And in fact, that's why we gather together every single Sunday and why we have midweek gatherings on Tuesday and now some on Thursday as well because we get to experience as a church community continued conversion, continued reminding of one another of God's truth, of God's way, of God's strength. You know, and we have to remind each other so much every single week. Not so much because we're slow learners, but because we're quick forgetters. So that's why we come together every single week. Yes, the praise, the prayers, the preaching may be good, but the main point of this time together is to remind one another of God's truth, of God's reality, of our purpose, of our calling. It's to point each other back to God, to point each other back to the community, to point each other back to reality. That's why we come together every single week for continued conversion, for regular reminders. Conversion is a joyful invitation from God, a joyful invitation for us to wake up, to wake up to God's reality here and now as opposed to living distracted lives. Wow. This invitation to live lives awakened and focused rather than distracted, that's revolutionary in our context today. Just go into a line or public transportation, right? Everyone's distracted. But God invites us to simply be awakened to God's truth and reality here and now, and to invite others into that as well. In Christ, 
we know who we are. When God's story and our story meets, it forms up our testimony. And we get clarity on our identity and our purpose. We know that who we are is more than what we look like on the outside. We know that who we are is more than what we may feel like on the inside, according to that internal critic that is constantly saying, do better, you should have done more, you're not enough. No, we know that in Christ, we know who we are. In Christ, we are forgiven. In Christ, we are protected. In Christ, we are secure in His love. And we are alive and set free. Hallelujah, that's the invitation from God. To be who we were created to be. So the invitation today, this morning, is simply to come to Him. Draw near to Him. Some of you may be thinking, well, I heard of this my whole life, so I don't need to do this. Well, maybe it's time to come closer to Him today, to go deeper, to go past the superficiality of the whole thing. Because God's arm is already extended to you, just as Jesus' arm was extended to Paul on the road to Damascus, it is extended to you here and now. So come to Him. Come to Him and receive your calling. Just like Paul in this road to Damascus, this was a moment of weakness. Paul in his weakness and in being honest with Jesus, he was finally able to see the truth about God and the truth about himself. Paul saw his own brokenness and he saw God's grace in Jesus because that's the truth. When we know God's story, when our story and God's story meet, the truth is that we are more broken than we want to admit. But the greater truth is that God is more gracious and merciful and powerful than we want to admit as well. And God sees you. And He says, no, you're not just this or that, but you are mine. You belong to me, says God. That's what He said to Paul on the road to Damascus here, and he says the same to you here in Visalia, California in 2019. You belong to me. So come to him. Benael. You know, I'll end with these comments. This week as I was studying about Paul and about his conversion in, in the notes that I was looking at, I was able to write down something very important, very key, about how I would describe Paul. Paul was a man who had misdirected passion. He had many gifts, many strikes, many, 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 many gifts, many passions, but they were misdirected. But when his story and God's story met, he had to let go of the former misdirected calling of the former misdirected passion in order to experience his true calling. His experiences here were able to take him to that next level. When he met Jesus, and Jesus met him right where he was at and, take, and took him where he needed to be, he saw that misdirected passion and he aligned it for something greater. How about you? What is perhaps the misdirected passion or gifting in your life? 
that you can give to Jesus and He can realign that and restore that for something greater, for a testimony. So friends, brothers, sisters, may we let go of the former calling. May we let go of the former misdirected passion. And may we hold on to Jesus and experience the pleasure of being eternally a part of God's family to be made new. So today, that's the invitation for each and every one of us to trust in Jesus and experience the joy of conversion, whether it's taking that first step or that next step deeper with Him. The living Lord, Jesus Christ, just as He met Paul on that road to Damascus, He meets us here and now. And it's that same living Lord, Jesus Christ, who calls us, will we respond? Today, Jesus calls you. Will you respond? Let's pray together. Oh, gracious and living God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. And Lord, today we do confess that maybe we have been trying to do this life on our own, by our own terms, by our own passion, and maybe that's been misdirected, Lord. But today, God, you provide us a new way, just like you provided a new way for Paul on that road, on that road that felt so dark and lonely sometimes, yet there was a light that came forward, God, to meet him in that space. And Lord, we know that you meet us today, here and now. And God, just as we see in your word, even through the words of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, it says that when you confess in your heart, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, give us the courage to do that today. To say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you more than I do in myself, more than I do in my misdirected passions or self-will, more than in other people, more than in circumstances. I put you at the center today. Lord, today, we pray that you would take your rightful place in our lives. Take your rightful place in our gifts, in our relationships, in our aspirations, in our hopes, in our dreams, in our work life. Take your rightful place right at the center because that's where you belong. And Lord, we were able to see that even in Paul, Lord, that when he gave that up and put you at the center, you did extraordinary with an ordinary man like him, God. You can do the same with us. Ordinary women and men, people of all ages, you will do extraordinary things right where we are. 
We pray, God, that as we yield and surrender and submit and let you take your rightful place right at the center today, may this be a new beginning. This very day, Lord, a new start, a new beginning. May we know, Lord, that whatever test we're going through right now, there is a testimony in the works. Whatever trial we are experiencing, there is a testimony that is being formed right now, Lord. May we hold on to that truth. And God, for those of us today taking those first steps with you, may we run joyfully into your arms. And if that's you today, you can pray this right where you are to realign yourself with the heart of God, to pray this prayer of salvation. You can pray and say, Lord, I confess, I acknowledge that you are God and I am not. Today, I need you to be gracious to me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to heal my heart and make me alive. Today, I give up on trusting in myself. I put my life in your hands. Today, I choose to follow you, to follow Jesus, the one who gave his life for mine. And although I don't understand everything, today, I choose to pursue you and to chase after you, God, with my whole life. Take your rightful place as the center. Thank you for loving me. And maybe for those of us here today, taking that next step, having that second conversion, it's time to not just know about God, but to know God, to draw closer to Him, to redirect your passion, your gift, your mind to Him. And you can pray these words today. You can say, Almighty God, we are your children created in your image. Your love has called us to you. Today, Lord, we admit and we confess that our pride has kept you away. That our pride has kept you at arm's length, Lord. We're so easily caught up in fear and we conform to the patterns of those around us or the patterns of our own misdirected thinking. Merciful God, forgive us. Help us today to take that journey from fear to faith. That journey from you being on the outskirts to you taking the center stage of our lives. Set us free today, Lord. Set us free in Jesus Christ to be the people that we were created to be. Today, Lord, as we worship you, may we experience your presence and power. We pray all this in the faithful name of our living Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.